0: What's up everybody? And welcome to Renew Church, our virtual worship session. We hope you're blessed by the service. Come on, let's go to service. So we're jumping straight into the word. If you will, please go to uh, Romans 12. And we're starting at verse one. I want to recap last week and the week before. If you remember and you've been watching, we've been in the Renew series. The name of our church is Renew Church. And we started out our uh, virtual services teaching and preaching uh, the foundational scriptures of our church. So if you would go to Romans 12 and 1. I'm going to be very brief, and I'm going to go through these scriptures. And I'm going to give you a recap of what we talked about so you can be on point for what God has for you today. Romans 12 and one says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to this world are the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then, this is where we're drawing our text from today, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. As I stated before, this is the last installment for the Renew series, and I want to recap the last two weeks so you guys are present with us and where God is taking us today. Um, Romans 12 and 1, it begins, uh, as I stated before, it is the foundation of our ministry. This is our mandate, what God kind of put on my heart back in November when we founded the church to um, not only help people uh, live a better life, but call all people into a renewed life. Uh, we know everything about our lives. We know everything um, about what we like and what we desire in our way and all this good stuff. But there's a way that seemeth right to to a man, says the word of God. So some somewhere along our walk with God, we get into this stale place um, and we need a refreshing. We need a renewing um, of our relationship with God. So this is where he's taken us. The Apostle Paul has been writing to uh, the new believers in Rome. And up until this point, he's uh, written this letter that is now comprised of about 11 chapters. And the, all these chapters and this entire letter in its entirety is uh, and will always be one of the most important reads and studies of your Christian walk. It is the root and the foundation of what we know as Christianity. Uh, Romans is where we find some of the scriptures that we have committed to memory, some of the scriptures that we uh Uh, have been engrafted in our hearts and etched on our heart if you were Baptist you probably learned it in in BTU or NBC and if you are uh, Church of God in Christ and other denominations you probably had it at YPWW you know those things those scriptures that the preacher would uh, preach and those things that we will learn in training unit that will keep us uh, when we got into different uh, situations we will remember the scriptures but we always didn't know the address of those scriptures but what's happening now, I'm going to just throw out some some scriptures in Romans so you will know how important the book of Romans is. Um, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power unto God and unto salvation. That is one of the very first scriptures we learn uh, in, in, in Christianity. And it's Romans 1 and 16. And then you find Romans 2 and 23. For all have sinned. We know this one. And falling short of the glory of God. This is all in Romans. Romans 5 and 1. Therefore, since we are justified through faith, we have peace with God through Jesus Christ. Romans 5 and 8. But God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died. This is all in Romans. See, Romans is a very important book, and sometimes we get so uh, uh into all these other self-help books and all this other kind of stuff, and we skip over Romans, which is the foundation of what we believe. Romans 6 and 23 we know this one, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ our Lord. Romans 8 and 28, we can recite this one without the address for we know that all things work together for the good of them who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. This next one, this is why we are saved. If you confess with your mouth, Romans 10 and 9, and believe in your heart that Christ has raised Jesus from the dead, you shall be save and one of my favorite scriptures in Romans a lot of people may not know it but Romans 11 and 29 for God's gift and his call are irrevocable no one can come against the call on your life no one can come against the gift of God on your life one of my favorite scriptures and it leads us here we arrive at Romans 12 1 and 2 and Paul is laying down foundation he's teaching us how to live in chapters 1 through 11 and as they have been declared, and you see the very essence of what uh, you and I profess culminated into one book. This book, called Romans, will lead you into all truth, whatever you need to know about salvation, whatever you need to know about this Christian walk. That's why this letter to the Romans was so important. And so we shared last week, I want to recap with you, we shared last week on week one, that there is work required of us after salvation and this work is called sanctification and the Bible says that you know I urge you that Paul uh, Paul began to say I urge you by the mercies of God that you present your bodies we learned to present our bodies the other week uh, as a living sacrifice to God and we remembered that we belong to God and we belong to God solely we uh, either belong to God both body and soul or we don't belong to him at all so uh, learning that first scripture 12 and one it was very important on uh, um, the first week when I uh, started teaching this lesson that we Understood why it was important for us to sacrifice our bodies, why it was important that we become living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto God. Uh, God is not interested in half of us, He's not interested in having only the side we deem as presentable. And we learned that. And we also learned that half obedience is full disobedience. Either we live for God all the way, or we live for Him not at all. We were charged to live holy. And we were charged to live acceptable. And the difference from the holy and the acceptable part was the to God part. That to God makes what we do exclusive to God. We already know that the the Bible says that God is a jealous God and he will have no other God before him. So everything that we do should be solely dedicated to Christ. And all that that we learn, doing all of these things will result in our true and pure worship, which sums up the first verse of Romans 12. And then last week, week two, we moved from the first verse to the second verse, Romans 12, and we learn about the dangers of conforming to this world. And the comforts of being transformed by the renewing of our mind. Paul made it very clear that you're going to do either one of two things. Either you will conform or you'll be transformed. Now, the choice is up to us. Now, we acknowledged that everything that we've done up until this time in our lives We had to submit to God. We had to give to God. We've gotten past salvation. We've gotten past presenting our bodies a living sacrifice. Now we're in this world, and the Bible tells us that we're in it, but we're not of it. So how do we separate ourselves a part of something that we're already a part of? Through the word of God. The only way to differentiate who you are and who another person is that doesn't know Christ is how we walk, how we live, and how we treat one another. We also learned that it was important to be renewed in our minds through the word of God. Empty are the results of of being transformed, but not being renewed. We learned that it was very important last week that we just don't focus on looking different, trying to be perceived as different, but actually being different, and the Lord changing our mind and renewing our mind, not just our mind, but our way of thinking. Can I get an amen? We also learned that once God renews us, it leads us somewhere, and now We come to the latter part of verse two. The latter part of verse two says this. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. So today I want to talk about the will of God. Now, this is a very uncomfortable conversation for a lot of Christians because we get to a place where we know how to worship. We know how to dance. We know how to shout. We know how to fall out. We know how to speak in tongues, but we are still unsure of what the will of God is for us. One of the most dangerous places for a believer to be in is to have a whole lot of knowledge and no discernment about the will of God. The first part of this verse, Paul commands the believers to be transformed by the renewing of their mind and to uh, have our thinking conform to the word of God instead of the world. And then the second part of the verse says he gives us this purpose of transformation for this one reason, to know his will. The reason why we present our bodies, the reason why we're holy and acceptable, the reason why we don't conform to this world, the reason why we're transformed by the renewing of our mind is to get to this part, to know the will of God. Two questions arise, and I know you have them because I had them too. Two questions. First, what is it meant here in this text by God's will the second question you might have how do we know what God's will is so we begin then with an examination of what it is meant here by God's will here in the 12th chapter of Romans and the second verse what does it mean by God's will and in order to properly determine what Paul is talking about we have to go to the original text We have to we have to translate this word back into the Greek and Hebrew if we want a clear understanding, because there's two different wheels that the Bible speaks of. There are two different wheels. The first wheel that is spoke of in the Bible is first. I want you to write this down. Prothesis, P-R-O-T-H-E-S-I-S, which means to plan in advance and refers generally to God's will that is determined beforehand and cannot be changed. Prothesis, this will, whatever God speaks, no matter how bad you cry, no matter how much you moan and snot and roll in the floor, the will of God is the will of God. It is what it is, and there's no change in God's mind. And then there's a second will. That second will, so let me go back. The first will is also known as God's will of decree or God's sovereign will. Prothesis, that is God's sovereign will. The second is the T H E L E M A, Thelema, which means desire or generally refers to a desire which God wants us humans to comply with, but which is not forced on us and may or may not occur. I want, I want to break this down because I know you're kind of thinking, how can we not comply with the will of the Lord? So let's put both of these wheels at work. If you will, turn to Matthew 26 and 39. That's the Lord calling us. That is the Lord God calling us, and I'm going to tell you what he wants from you right now. I'm going to tell you what he wants. Matthew 26 and 39. Jesus is right now in this point is facing what he knows is his demise. Jesus is getting ready to be crucified. He's getting ready to be turned over to soldiers for his crucifixion. And Jesus says this in Matthew 26 and 29. My father, if it's possible, may this cup be taken from me after knowing that this that's coming to him is inevitable. He says, yet not as I will, but as you will. Jesus, knowing why he was sent to earth, So if you read the scripture, it says, my father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. And then it goes right into uh, his next reply. And I don't think that if I can use my spiritual imagination, I don't don't believe that he replied that quick. He had to sit with that thing for a minute. And then once he understood that this is his whole purpose, he says, yet not as I will, but as you will. If there is any way that you can turn this around, God, please let this cup pass by from me. And then knowing the sovereign plan of God, he says, yet not my Thelema, but as you prophecies, yet not my Thelema, not my desire, but what you have already determined to be so. So here Jesus even struggles with the will of God. So a lot of times we think that it's an embarrassing thing or a shameful thing for us to struggle or maybe uh, or feel some kind of way about the will of God. Sometimes when you know the inevitable is coming, it doesn't stop you from feeling any different. You still have to put one foot in front of the other and do whatever God says. So what's happening now is Jesus talks about his thelema. His desire was that the cup pass him by. But the prothesis is what God had already spoken. The reason why he was born, there was a conversation that happened before Adam and Eve ever sinned, before they ever fall, before they ever fail. There was a conversation between God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit that man will mess up. So one of us got to go. One of us has got to do something in order to redeem mankind. So Jesus says, send me. I'll go. And what happens is Jesus being 100% God is 100% man. He's walking this earth. He's talking to talk. He's walking to walk. He even though he's 100% divine, he has 100% feelings. And so he gets to this point where he knows it's the end of his reign on earth, the end of his time and his desire for the cup to pass him didn't overshadow the will of God that had been determined for him. I was at the hospital with my granddad the other day, just yesterday, and I was sitting uh, in the lobby. Uh, my granddad has COVID-19 and, and 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 pneumonia. He's 88 years old, and me and my aunt were sitting in there. We were praying, and I brought my Bible, and I took my notebook because I knew I had to do this sermon today, and I didn't want to lose any study time. So I'm in the... um waiting room with her and she asked me about my job and she knows I work for Hilton corporate. And she asked me, uh, you know, are you still with the hotel? How's it going? I said, it was kind of crazy that we had to open, uh, in, uh, the midst of COVID-19 in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, we couldn't open our bar or our restaurant inside of our hotel. So she was like, uh, uh, well, what are you going to do? I said, hopefully we get to, um, opened our barn restaurant in December. And she looked at me and she said, if the Lord willing. That's it. And a lot of times my grandmother and my mom and my aunts, they would always reply when we say something, Grandma, are you coming to church tomorrow? The Lord willing. They were careful not to put their will before God. And it was always if the Lord's willing. And I got an epiphany in that moment that uh, 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 even though my desire, one thing, Whatever the prothesis is, whatever the determined will of God is, it will overshadow my desire. And so now we're at 13. I want to take you to a place. I want to take you to, to James 4. I start at the 13th verse through 15. It says, now listen, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to this city or to that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanish. Fifteen. Instead, you ought to say if it be the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. I always thought it was a saying. But here in the scripture, James is saying don't make plans for tomorrow. We don't know what the Lord's will will be tomorrow. And now, We seek out which one of these wills, the prothesis, the determined will of God, the decreed will of God, or the sovereign will of God, or the lemma, which is God's will of command. We have to decide which one Paul is talking about here in Romans 12 and 2. When it says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may be able to test and approve. Test and approve means to discern what is the will of God, what God's will is, his good, acceptable and perfect will. The answer is surely that Paul is referring to God's will of command, the one, the will that we have the option to obey or not obey. There's a will that God gives us that's predicated on our response. There's the determined will of God and then there's the command will of God. This point on uh, 12 and 2, this is the will of command and I'm going to give you the reasons why I've determined it so. The first reason is that God does not intend on us to know all of his sovereign will ahead of time. He doesn't, there's no reason for you to discern what the Lord's plans, his sovereign plans are, because if he gives his sovereign plans to you too early, you'll do something to disrupt what he's intended down the line. So Deuteronomy 29 and 29 says the secret things belong to the Lord, our God. But the things that are revealed belongs to us. But what are the things that are revealed? What are the things that are revealed? The things that are revealed are the things that we can test and approve, the things that we can discern. What do you mean? By discerning. Discerning is an unction. Yeah. It's a pull from the Holy Ghost that when you're in a situation, the, uh, the, the leading of the spirit of God pulls you in the, right or the, uh, in the right direction or your flesh pulls you in the wrong direction. The other reason I say that the will of God here is the command will of God or the thelema is because the word testing and approve is added to it. There is no need, as I said before, to determine the sovereign will of God. There's no reason for you to test or approve the sovereign will of God because the sovereign will of God will happen if you agree with it or not. It will happen whether you believe it or not. It will happen whether you know it or not. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the the Thelema the, 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 the wheel, which is the wheel in this text. I want to stay with the text. God's will of command. I believe... That we only consult the will, the um, the will of God, and we only consult God uh, if uh, if we're doing His will. If it's a big thing, if it's uh, uh, who I'm marrying, or am I buying this type of house? Where should I move? Should I move states? Move countries? And and, and we don't need to test all the time uh, what's already instructions in the word. There's no need to test or determine or discern the will of God. The will of God that says, don't be jealous. Don't be envious. uh, uh, Do not murder. The commands of God, those are wills. Those are the wills of God that we not do those things. But what makes it the Lima is we have the choice as human beings, whether we obey the will of God that says, do not lie. And we make a choice within our consciousness or within our Holy Ghost, whether we follow after that will or whether we go against our own will. What Paul refers to in this scripture is not something specified by any law. Things like this is what he determines. Where, where, where do, where do you want me to work, God? Where, where should I submit this application? These are things that are not tied to a law. Uh, Do not, do not uh, uh, lie and do not be envious. Do not covenant. Those are tied to a law back in uh, Exodus when God made the commandments. These things that we question about God's will aren't necessarily tied to a law, which makes them the Where do I go to work? What do you want me to do in the church? Uh, or What does he want uh, to me to do in my free time? These aspects of God's will, according to Paul, must be tested and approved. Where do I go from here, God? Those questions, those questions, Lord, Lord, do I leave this job and pursue this career or do I stay put and wait on your hand? Those are the things, those are the decisions and the wills of God that we have to test and approve. We have to, dis- to discern what the Lord is saying. And what always happens, what happens most of the time is we fall in the will of God or outside of the will of God by trial and error. Until you are comfortable are potent, are strong, are are versed in in, in the will of God and, 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 and the and the voice of God, you will always make some mistakes. And sometimes we don't make a choices based on the fact that we may make the wrong decision. Uh, but the Holy Spirit is there. The leading of the Holy Spirit is there, so we do not be led into temptation and other things. Amen. God desires for us to do his will in every aspect of our lives. He wants us to be intimately involved in every aspect of our life. He wants to be intimately involved in every aspect of our lives, every decision that we make uh, for, for he desires for all of us, all of his children to have an intimate relationship with him. The purpose of our transformation in the first part of the verse that our minds would be renewed, that we would grow to know him more and more intimately we would grow to know his heart and in turn we would grow to know his will. The point of having a renewed mind is that you get in the process, you get in the cycle of knowing who God is, you learn him. And as you go in life, I always share this with people, as you go in life, you don't always know what the will of God is. You don't always know what God is trying to say. You don't always uh, understand the word of the scriptures or or any unction. So what you have to do is go along with your Christian walk Uh, along along the way God unfolds a different side of himself. He doesn't reveal all of himself at one time because you can't handle all of God's glory at one time. So he reveals and unfolds a different side of himself. Most believers don't live this way. They handle their everyday matters by themselves. Only to seek the will of God for the major things. When it is God's will that we consult him about everything so that when we get to the big things, we don't question him if I give God glory and if I uh, test and approve the will of God on the small things by the time that I get to the big decisions that I need to make've I've, I've, I've grown to love him so I've grown to know him so that I, I'm in step with his step i I, I know his heartbeat I, I I can feel him when he's moving I, I I know when he's turning the corner the same thing that you have with your husband your wife or your spouse that other people can't tell you know your husband you know your wife because Because you've been in tune with them. You've been intimate with them. Intimacy requires you to know a person. When you become engrafted and intimate and you've laid with your spouse, there are things that happen. You, You can be on the other side of town and you can feel something going on with your spouse. That's that's the intimacy of God. That's the intimacy that God wants with you. He wants you to know his every move, but he can't reveal it to you because you won't go to word. You won't go in your word. You won't, you, you won't strengthen your prayer life. So it's important that we concern that we, 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 we get into God's word and we get into his will and we concern him about every decision that we have, that when we get to those big major choices, we do not fumble, we don't stumble, and we don't make the wrong choices. In this way, we grow to know his heart. We grow to know his mind. We learn to recognize his voice in the small matters. So when we when we get to the big matters, we are confident when God speaks. There are three levels of the will of God that I want to talk about and we're going to be done. We're going to be done. There are three levels of knowing and doing and revealing the will of God. That is uh, his will of command. And all of them require a renewed mind yeah. with the Holy Spirit given discernment. Yeah. Level one: First, God's will of command is revealed with final decisive authority only in the word of God. There are things in the Word of God. We just went through the commands that the Word of God gives us. Those are final. Uh, We have the uh, option because God gave us us free will. This is why salvation is important because God never forces himself on us. God never forces us to love him. He never forces us to worship. He gives us free will. That's what makes us a little different than the angels. That's what makes us a little different than the trees and and the birds and, and, and the animals that we have free will. We have a choice whether we follow God or not and without the renewed mind we will distort the scriptures to avoid looking crazy because following after the will of God will have you looking kind of foolish sometimes because you know that there's a voice you know that there is a pool that you can't explain to other people so sometimes the will of God will have you looking kind of crazy. But Paul says that the scriptures are inspired to make the Christian competent, equipped for every good work. Not just some good work, but every good work. This is why we have to test and approve the will of God. The second level is this. The second level of God's will of, our, of command is our application of the biblical truth to life, to real life situations that may or may not be explicitly addressed in the Bible. There are some things that may not be explicitly addressed in the Bible, but we have to know the will of God concerning those things. The Bible does not tell us who to marry. The Bible does not tell you who to marry. He tells you how to find your spouse but he doesn't tell you who to marry. He does not give you specific instructions on who to marry. So guess what? If you go out and you don't discern uh, the person you're dating, you don't discern the will of God for your love life, for your relationship, you will end up with somebody God never designed for you. Ending up with somebody that God never designs for you sends you into a chaos that you really don't want to be a part of because you'll be in a relationship and you'll know you'll know that this is not the person for you. And God sends people in seasons in your life. And what happens is we put our car in park where we should have kept the car in neutral just in case we had to get in drive real quick. Every relationship wasn't meant for you to uh, 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 set up roots. Every relationship that you face, every date that you go on, hear me woman of God, every date that you go on, every man that you see, that does not mean that God wants you to marry them. And 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 and, and I wanna talk to my sisters, I wanna talk to, to my ladies real quick because I know, I talked to a couple of my friends uh, the other day and we were talking about uh, most women date to marry. They date with the intentions of being married. Even even while you're in um watching your Disney movies, at the end the princess always gets married to the prince. So that desire that longing is always in you. Even from a little girl, you have that desire. And so what happens is you get on this road called dating. You get grown and you're excited. And your mindset is that I need to be married. I need to find my Boaz. I need to find my mate. And what happens is you put yourself in the place where the man was supposed to be because you were never supposed to go look for your spouse. The Bible says a man that finds is a wife finds a good thing so while you're in your hidden place you prepare for what God is sending you and while you're in your hidden place woman listen to me while you're in your hidden place you consult God about the desires of your heart that way when the man that God has designed for you comes you've heard the voice of God so much that you're familiar with the voice of God now you know this is your husband now you just have to wait on him to find you so it's important that you do not get ahead of the will of God. The Bible says that there's a way that seems right to a man. But the end thereof is destruction. There's a way that seems right. You know, one of my favorite scriptures is, I won't say my favorite scriptures, but one, one of the scriptures that kind of uh, keeps me in check, the Bible says that the heart of a man is, this, is, is wicked, is desperately wicked and deceitful. You can't trust you with you. You can't always trust your heart, and we will go on our feelings so much. Look at your neighbor, just say, get out your feelings, get get out your feelings. We will let our feelings lead us instead of letting the will of God lead us, and then we find ourselves in an emotional rut that we can't get ourselves out of because we trusted our own heart. If we were capable of making the right decisions on our own, there will, be no will, there will be no need for the will of God. But since we are creatures of habit and feeling and we don't know what's best for us, we have to depend on the will of God. Amen, somebody. Yeah. Amen, somebody. So, the will of God, we have to consult the will of God for those things that aren't necessarily exclusive to the word. Like, who do I marry? Which car do I drive? What home do I buy? Where do we vacation? Which plan, which cell phone plan should I buy? Where should we eat today? And thousands of other choices that you make, whether you know it or not, and you can call it deep or whatever, God is concerned about every part of your life. There's a reason you didn't go to that gas station, but you made it to the other one. There's a reason why you didn't take a right turn, but you made a left turn. God always knows and foreknows what's coming ahead of you. So it's important that you concern God about every part of your life so you don't miss him. What is necessary is that we have a renewed mind that is so shaped and governed by the revealed will of God that when we see all relevant factors, with the mind of Christ, we discern what God is calling us to do. That our lives and our minds are so uh, uh, like His that we don't second guess who He is. This very different. This is very different from uh, constantly trying to hear God's voice. And 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 sometimes, as as Christians, we get real deep. We make the real the will of God real. Well, I gotta hear God first. You know, I got I gotta hear the voice of God tell me to do that. When it's clear in the Word, you don't need the, this. Is the voice of God. This is the written, inspired word of God. So there are some things that the word of God speaks against that you don't have to consult or use your discernment apart on. You don't have to, you don't have to waste your spirit, your, your enthusiasm, your tongues, your hamashamalia. You don't have to waste none of that on what's already written because God cannot go against himself. The word of God is the word of God. Hallelujah. There is a world of difference between praying and laboring For a renewed mind that discerns how to apply the word of God and asking him for all time revelation. And then that person who seeks God only when they need something. The church has become so uh, become revelation junkies that we forget, dismiss, overlook what's in plain sight. We're so ready for a prophet to give us revelation. We're so desperate for somebody to call us out of the pulpit when the word of God is already here. If there is so many things that the word of God will answer for you, if you get into his word, can somebody shout amen? So the second stage God will of command is to discerning um, application of the scriptures to new situations in life. That means having a renewed mind. And the final level. The third level of God's will of command is the vast majority of living where there is no conscious reflection before we act. I, I will put this on the line and say that about 95% of our behavior is not premeditated. That it is most your thoughts, your attitudes, and your actions are spontaneous. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks So some things that we do, some responses that we give God, it's because it was already in our heart. And so flowing from the hearts are the issues of life. So we have to check what's in our heart in order to determine what the will of God is for our lives. God is so intentional about what he wants you to do where he wants you to be and how he wants you to live your life. He's so intentional that he determined a will for you before the very beginning of time. God knew that today as we air this service that you would be right here where you are watching and listening to this word. He's determined it so much so that you're doing it now and you're watching me and you're listening to me and you still don't believe me. Nothing happens outside of God's will. Without God's divine approval, there are certain things that will not happen and certain things that will happen. So then that opens up another box. Does God will say people should die? Does the will of God determine that my daughter was raped? Does the will of God say I should have had breast cancer? Does the will of God say that I should have been strung out on drugs? Some things that we go through They are in the will of God, but they are as a result of our own hand. So we have to always consult God about everything. No, your daughter didn't deserve to be raped, but there was intended purpose behind it. That will of God, it was the will of God. It wasn't the will of God that she be raped. It was the will of God that the predator be of sound mind. But since he had a choice to follow after God's statues, he made a decision that harmed someone else. So we have to make sure that decisions that we make, we don't put on someone else. God is so intentional about your life that I'm speaking to you in this moment and you're wondering what the will of God is for your life. There is so much more I can go into and I may extend this to next week. Um, I, I had to try to put all of this into uh, one sermon. The will of God is so big. The will of God, what he determines. Uh, Jeremiah 29 and 11, for I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm. There is so much. And how does my purpose fall into the will of God? What is my purpose? Your purpose is is, is in in, in, uh, direct connection with your passion. There is so much to be concerned about the will of God. There's so much to teach about the will of God that I don't have enough time to do it. But if you open up the word of God, God will give you insight on what he desires for your life what direction you should go you may not always hear clearly you may not always hear an audible voice telling you what to do but you should as a christian since you have the the spirit of god on the inside you you should feel a leading or a pulling or a tugging and your discernment should grow as you go so it's important that you get into the word of god that you develop a prayer life that when god's will is spoken you don't doubt it you don't second guess it but you follow after it's important that you respond to the will of god immediately that you respond to God immediately. If you don't, you'll delay something else that he had planned for you down the road. So will you bow your heads and pray with me? Father God, we love you and we bless you. We thank you so much that we just are not out here living life uh, uh, just crazily and Father, there's no plan behind it, but we thank you so much, Father, that every step of our feet has been ordered by you, Father. The steps of a good man have been ordered by God. So, Father, I thank you that your will for us, Father, that your plans for us is to prosper us and not to harm us to give us hope and a future and bring us to an expected end. Father I pray for the person on the other side of this camera Father that is wondering where do they fit? Where is their purpose? What do I do? What is God saying? How do I find out? Those persons who have those questions and nobody has given them the answer the answer is the word of God. I pray Father that a hunger and thirst after righteousness fills every person that's viewing at this present moment. I pray in the name of Jesus Father that when they open the word of God that the spirit of the lethargicness would not fall on them that they wouldn't get tired as they read the word father but they get an excitement for them. they get enthused father they feel a, a, a zealous spirit comes over them as they word, read the word of God I pray in the name of Jesus father that they don't uh, uh, discount what you've already spoken and what you've already said over their lives father I pray that they remember the will of God I pray father that they remember what you've already spoken over them in the name of Jesus I come to everything that will confuse them the mind of the person that is watching today father i thank you that our minds father are sound father and are directly connected to your spirit father i thank you that we have the mind of christ the word says let this mind be in you that was also in christ jesus this is how we renew our mind father teach us oh god how to have the mind of christ that we don't miss you and we don't miss your will it is our desire to please you in every area of our life it's your good and perfect and pleasing will that we are after. Your will does not harm us. Your will does not get in our way. So we say we say thank you in this moment for everything that you have planned for us in Jesus Christ's name. You may be on this other, on the other end of the camera and you may be overwhelmed at this point. You don't know what the will of God is and you just need to get uh, 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 some kind of direction. The first thing you would need to do It's become a part of this family and join in with the children of God, not a part of this church, but a part of this adoptive family of Jesus Christ. He died for you over 2000 years ago that you might have access to him. So without the access to God, without without the presence of Jesus Christ, everything that I spoke to you, it probably won't make any sense. But you have to understand that your name is in here. Everything about your life is in this word, but you have to take the time to read it. And if you don't know, if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want you to bow your head with me now. I'm going to lead you through a quick uh, prayer of salvation. Say, Father God, I believe that you died for my sins. I believe that on the third day, God rose. You from the dead I believe that you have taken my sins and cast them into the sea of forgetfulness to remember them not father I don't discount myself but I yield myself to you it's in Jesus Christ's name I believe that I am saved I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that Christ has raised Jesus that God has raised Jesus from the dead and I believe in this moment that I am saved Amen. We believe that salvation belongs to you. If you receive salvation, go ahead and type down in in the comment section, salvation, and one of our decision counselors will definitely inbox you, and we'll lead you through that prayer personally. We'll get connected with you. Maybe you are at a place where you need to make a decision to be connected to a body who's teaching you the will of God, who's teaching you how to know God, who's teaching you how to be connected to God. Maybe this tribe doesn't belong to you, but I'm pretty sure I know a pastor, I know a church that I can connect you to. You don't have to become a partner of Renew Church, but I would love you to. So if you would like to become a member, go ahead and type partnership in the comment section and someone will inbox you and we will lead you on the directions of how to join this ministry. If nothing else, I want to remind you that Renew the Community is in full go. This is a campaign that we're leading to bring people to Christ, to induct a lot of different programs in the community of paris texas that our children aren't suffering that people who need um different things can have access to them so we're asking 500 people to help donate a seat of 60 dollars by the end of december and if you want to partner with us if you believe in what god is doing in this ministry partner with us by all means we thank god for your tuning in and we'll see you again next week god bless you